All right. So you're part of a, um, not a youth group. You're part of a, what, like a men's group. What would you call that? A men's group. Our YA group. Your YA group. Y group. Oh, okay. So okay. YA is young adults. So okay. they have specifically, uh, we meet every Tuesday night and then mm -hmm. one Tuesday out of the week, we have a collective, which is where all the girls groups and guys groups come together and basically we just have like a, a worship service and or a gathering and uh, listen to a sermon. Somebody speak. How's that? When you do your, your YA um, um, meetings, how does that normally go? Um, you're talking about like the collectives or like as we meet in groups? Let's start with the, is the collective one once just like the it's small group? Everybody. Okay. Let's so, start with the small group and then let's go to the collective. So small groups, um, our group has actually grown. Um, so actually being a door holder, mm -hmm. you know, working through navigation, which is spotting out the new people I've met two and now three guys who I've been able to plug into our group who has been, it's been their first time at the place. Was one of them Hunter? One of them was Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he met Hunter the other night. <laughs> All right. That's, we'll talk about that's that. That's funny. Um, and then another guy was, he actually came to church with me this morning. Um, but YA groups, the small groups, we meet every Tuesday night at mm -hmm. our leader's house. And um, we basically, we go over a script of what we're talking about as a collective. And mm -hmm. then we we dive into something um, that us specifically as a small group have been going over. So like last last semester, we were going over a script. I forgot what it was over um, through um, the collective, but as a group, we were going over the book of Galatians. Mm. And so we would talk about whatever we're talking about through collective. And then we'll dive into Galatians. You know, it was, we went through like the first three chapters, four chapters. It was, it was good. It was really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and then as far as collective goes, that's whenever we, all of us meet as boys and as girls right. and we all go and it's a madhouse. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. I love it. I love Pro it. A very productive though. Yeah. Productive. Um, you know, it's, it's, worship night okay so it's energy you know young adults so, it's, so it cool. doesn't feel like you're like mixed in with right yeah. with like the older generation yeah who maybe not have much as in it as much energy but it's still a lot of fun it's definitely mm. a lot of fun it's worth it you know that's dope welcome everybody to the finding faith podcast i'm here this is your second time this is the second. first time i'm doing uh another another podcast with the same second. person i'm honored i'm honored. <laughs> how are you doing today i'm great i am a little tired yeah uh, i was in knoxville this weekend but it, yeah. it was a lot of fun um yeah i'm just retired and <laughs> today's gonna be a day of rest might hit the gym later there you uh, go get ready for the week i was thinking about that because last week i think you were somewhere as well Mm -hmm. And then this, cause you were with, um, like a youth group, I think. Oh yeah. I was yeah. In, I was in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I was in North this dude Carolina. Is everywhere. Yeah. Working with, um, students, middle school students, mm -hmm. leading them at their winter week, their winter weekend. It's like the winter camp, cause summer camp type thing, but for the winter. Um, yeah. Then next weekend I got to go and help a guy remodel a bathroom in Columbus, oh, okay. Georgia. And yeah. Like after go back to South Carolina to go to Sharp Top to help lead the high schoolers. That's so crazy. Yeah. How did, how did that start? So you explained joining like a, a group, a, like a YA group, mm -hmm. but how does like helping out with, with high school, with middle school, and then traveling to different places with this church, how does mm -hmm. that work? Um, whenever I moved here, I got really plugged in. I got plugged in with students. That was the first thing I did with students. Okay. And so I knew the youth leader minister, uh, his name's Heath. He, you know, I, I see him all the time at church because because I'm there, you know, multiple days a week um, whenever we have events. But I saw Heath and I was like, yo, winter weekend's coming up. I was like, actually, he I was like, hey, let me be a, a high school leader. Mm. Me and Rudy, me and my friend Rudy. OK, we both wanted to be uh, the high school leaders. And so it was like, yeah, let, let us let us do it. You know, let us do it. Rudy was like, please, please, please. It's funny. <laughs> um, but then Heath, he was like, let me think about it. He texted mm. us the next day, next day and he was like, y'all got it. We're, let's go. I was like, all right, cool. And then a couple of days later, he had asked me uh, if I wanted to do middle school. Yeah. And that happened to be last weekend. And I had actually had something planned. I was actually going to be out of town, but really? I was like, uh, I, I, I probably shouldn't. I need to. So I was at a moment where I, w I was, um, I could have been disobedient, mm. you know, where I might've been called to, but I was like, dang, well, I can just plan it another time, you know? So I went and it was good. It was a really good 20, over 20 kids got saved. Um, it was a lot of fun, a bunch of middle schoolers who don't shower and <laughs> just eat a bunch of junk food and stay up, you know, till two o'clock in the morning when you got to get up at six, but it there, was fun. There was a, so we listened to the same sermon today 
And I wasn't going to go into this yet, but I do want to call one thing out, which was being okay with saying no. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a perfect example of when you said, you know what, I can't, I'm going to say no to one thing because Mm -hmm. I feel like my calling and feel like what I'm supposed to be doing is something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the answer or the, the, the statement of no Mm. might be a little bit intimidating. Um, and I think that going back to our last episode, whenever I kind of just jump in and I, I, I don't care to ask questions to people, yep. you know, if, if you're going to judge me or, you know, decline me, that is not my fault. You yep. know, the least I can do is jump out there and, and, and ask or, or, um, I guess be obedient to my calling, I would say. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a great topic. Um, so the one thing Let's backtrack really quick to after our first episode. Uh So we do the episode. It was awesome. That same week, Mm -hmm. there is a fight night, Mm -hmm. which is all men Mm -hmm. go to church together. Mm -hmm. And there's a guest speaker on it. Mm -hmm. And that person just happened to be Willie Robertson. Yeah. And I texted you because I, it was my first time going. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even sure because I remembered at a previous sermon where they were saying, Hey, if you know anybody, or if you're already in a group of like guys that then meet up, um, called fight club, Mm -hmm. um, go together, everybody gather together and we're going to, we're going to do this thing. So I was like, Oh no, like, because I don't know anybody Mm -hmm. really, am I okay to still come? And you texted me, dude. And you're like, no, definitely come. I'll save you. See, Mm -hmm. like you're all in on it. And then, um, as I walk in, I remember feeling really, really intimidated Mm. because I'm the type of person where if I don't know, if I know people, if I'm comfortable with like five people, dude, I'll do anything. I don't care. But if I feel like I am the odd one out or I'm solo Mm -hmm. and I walk into a large um, uh, audience of people, it intimidates me. All guys that you don't know. All guys that I don't know. Yes, exactly. So I remember I was walking to, I actually walked in. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I walked back. And I'm like, no, I got to go back. And so I walked in again. And that's when I saw you. And you're like, dude, oh, Jake's over there. Yeah. Um, uh, We've got a group of people over there. And dude, you just like welcomed me. They and you were so, I, you threw me into the fire. I, well, I sensed it, honestly. Because I've you? i been there before. I didn't yeah. sense you like, oh, you're scared, nervous. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, I knew that you're new. And you don't have a group, you know, that you necessarily belong to. Because you are new. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been there. And so I know what it's like. And so, and the, and the culture of passion is to just jump around, meet people, yeah. you know, we're always throwing people to every other person. And, and I meet, I met like three new guys today, you know, that really? I never met before. Yeah. Because it's, it's guys who I know from the church and they're like, mm-hmm. Hey, Oh, Hey, this is my friend, Braden, you know, meet him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so that's kind of what I did to you a little bit. I just threw you in the pits and introduced him to, uh, like four or five different yeah. people and you ended up sitting with us that yep. night. So yeah, that was really cool to be able to see that. And you, you meet everybody. I got Kava with one of the dudes because okay, he, wow. he was, he was a uh, persistent. He's like, dude, we got to get Kava. I'm yeah. like, all right, we're going to get Kava. And I, I Which talked one to him. Uh, Chinda. Chinda. Right? Yeah, Chinda's yeah, yeah. great, bro. Yeah. Chinda's yeah. great. Chinda was one of the guys who I met, one of the new people that I met from navigation from being on the experience team. No way. I met him for the first time uh, a few months ago and he's like, yeah, bro, I'm new here. Uh, he, he grew up in like Boston. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, he's like, I'm new here. Uh, and I was like, dude, are you in a YA group? He's like, nah. So I was like, let me get your digits. Uh, come to this one. If you like it, you know, I'll throw you into the chat. You can be in the chat just join our group. You know, I didn't want to throw him in it and join him. you know, have him join the group chat. And he's yeah. like, Oh bro, I don't like this. Not my mm. style. So, um, I let him come to the first one and he's like, bro, I love it. So <laughs> I threw him into the chat and now here he is. And now he's inviting dudes yep. like you. I didn't even know that. That's Isn't awesome. that crazy? That's pretty cool. And then, um, the, the, the company that I work for is like partnered with like his company too, which yeah. is insane. So it was like, we actually had that in common as well. And then going to, um, fight night, mm-hmm. someone else that you got introduced to that I got introduced to. And apparently you just met him as well mm-hmm. was, uh, was Hunter, Hunter and yeah. he just moved here from, it was like North Carolina mm-hmm. or South Carolina. He played, played lacrosse for the university of North Carolina. Did he really? He did. I did not know that, <laughs> yeah. but I went to church with him the next week. Uh-huh. So you throwing me and you getting me associated with different, different guys, um, at the church led to one or actually two different friendships. One, uh, I, I went out to eat with the one dude. And then the second one was Hunter just went to church with me. Yeah. Um, and it was really, really cool. cool. So it's just crazy how community mm. 
can do that yeah. and how, uh, how plugging yourself into, um, a, a group of people that share the same interests as yeah. you could lead to pretty mm -hmm. cool things. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to hear. It's, it's the fruit of the labor, you know? Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. So going back to the guest speaker now, mm -hmm. Oh, actually let, let's continue with that night from my experience. Cause okay. I think this is really cool. So okay. you, you bring me in, lead me to this group. Uh -huh start talking. I, I was talking to Jake, which was really cool. Um, get introduced to a bunch of other guys. We go into the, into where they actually do the sermon. Right. Mm -hmm. And during that time, the music starts, mm -hmm. music starts and you and Jake who like, I know who you guys are, but I, I, I haven't really spent a lot of time with you. Right. Yeah. So once again, I'm still kind of nervous. I don't really know what's going on. And you guys are in the zone. That music starts playing and you're beating your chest. Jake is putting <laughs> his hands up. I think it was just a really cool situation because it was like, these are, these are men of God. These are sure. childs of God. And they are fully embracing sure. everything about it. And then Willie Robertson comes on. The first thing that he talks about, he's like, man, I, uh, he's like, I don't cry often, but the one time yeah. I do cry is when worship music comes on. Yep. yep. Dang, yeah, that's that's awesome. That's super encouraging to hear that. <laughs> yeah, dude, it, it was really cool just experience that. Um, and I think there's a there's a couple of things that, that were covered on there. Um, he talked about identity, he talked mm -hmm. about he talked. I want to get your opinion mm -hmm. on what you got out of that sermon and what your thoughts were as because you were you were trying to talk to me about a few things, and and there's a couple of things that I think were going on, and I think when a, a sermon is someone is presenting mm -hmm. everybody gets a different interpretation of what that sermon is to mm -hmm. them. Right. So yeah. I think that's for, the beauty of, mm -hmm. of being Christ follower and that's the beauty of being in a body of believers. And that's why it's important that you don't go through your faith alone. Mm -hmm. And I had to learn this because, because COVID, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you, no, keep going. That's an important point. When I was during COVID, when all the churches shut down, um, I was, you know, didn't have the opportunity to go through church and I was working full-time job and didn't have a lot of people around me because my circle was super small, yep. you know? And so here I find myself, um, watching sermons online, you know, on YouTube and it was really good. It was great. It was honestly what sparked my faith. It really, like, I wouldn't say sparked it cause I've, I've been in my faith for a long you know, years now, but it's really what turned it from, you know, just saying and doing into actually like practicing. Like I was actually practicing my faith day in and day out. Um, but there's a, you, you can only do so much when you're by yourself in your faith. You can only, cause you only have your thoughts and your opinions. Mm. And like you said, there's different, there's different beliefs and you know, what hits me might not hit you. And it's just a perspective, the perception that you might have of what is, is being said. Um, but there's a lot more power, the beauty of the body of believers. There's a lot more power in a sermon than just your perspective. You know, you have two or three other guys who are sitting around you. And now all of a sudden you have made much more out of one sentence than you ever could have by yourself because you had their perspective on it, you know, cause our stories are different. So that's why mm. our perspectives are different. You know, that's why, we, that's why it hits us differently. So. Yeah. But um, no, that's a great point. So let's hear your perspective then on, on what was going through your head when he was presenting. Um, I've got a, there was a couple of notes that he made. Um, I guess one of the big points is the identity part. Yes. Um, and just knowing and truly believing in who you are. But I think first that starts out with individualizing yourself. So embracing the fact that you can be alone and that it's okay to be alone. I think th there's a misconception with being alone. Yep. It, can, it can look negative. There, mm. It can look, you know, oh, I'm stuck. I don't have friends. I don't do anything. But there's a lot more to it than just that. It's not always negative, but it's about your perspe perspective of it. It's about your perception and, and what you believe to be true. And I think that being alone, number one, you have the most time that you're ever going to have. Yep. And I say being alone, like you're not in a committed relationship. Yes. Um, you have all the time in the world. You might work a full-time job. Um, you have a few friends. You just don't always hang out with them. You know, being alone, you have the most time that you're ever going to have. You know, you have the most energy. You feel the best, especially at this age in our life. Yep. We're going to feel and look the best. And we're going to have the most time to interact with people that way than we ever will in the future. As soon as I get married, that time's gone. Exactly. Now I got to invest in my wife. As soon as I have kids, now I got to, you know, 
invest in my kids, support them uh, with, through, through, with a living. You know, I got to do my job. And so it becomes a lot more stressful. And so I think that being alone, there's a lot more power in it than what people really understand. And honestly, if you're not digging in, into yourself mm-hmm. in the times that you're alone, you're really wasting your you're time. You're wasting them. You're wasting. You're doing yourself a disservice. And like I said, it's because it is the only time that we have the maximum amount of time right there, right mm-hmm. now. I'm single right now. You mm-hmm. know, I have from now until I start dating somebody or I'm in a relationship or mm-hmm. You know, marriage down the road, whenever, um, you know, this is, the, I'm really embracing this time that I have because I'm not going to have, this time only comes during this time of my life, you know? Yep. So. so Ben Stewart, I was watching one of his sermons and he talked about this. Essentially what happened was um, a girl came up to him after he was preaching and she said like, hey, um, there's there's this country or whatever mm-hmm. and they need a house built for them in order to have people like be able to live in there. Mm-hmm. And she says, it's going to cost like $40,000. Mm. And he was like, awesome. Like, what, what are your plans? What are you going to do about it in order mm. to, in order to help them? She's like, well, I'm telling you, like, that's, that's, yeah. that's my thing that I'm doing in order to help this get accomplished. Right. And he's like, I can't do that. Like I, I have other things that I'm already prioritizing right now. Like I can't just get another thing at it, right. especially when it costs $40,000. Right. And she was like, fine. And he said, okay, like, let me know how this goes in like a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a year, fast forward a year happens and she goes up to him. He said, Hey, do you remember me? He's like, yeah, I remember you. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, um, the house, it, it, she said, it's done. He's like, what's done the house. What do you mean? The house is done. Mm-hmm. We built it. How'd you get it built? Yeah. Bracelets. What do you mean? Bracelets? She sold bracelets with wow. her, with her friends, her roommates or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were able to raise $40,000 wow. by themselves wow. in order to get this done. Mm-hmm. Um, and because you're, when you're single, like how you were saying, yeah. you have all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. So Another thing that I mentioned was when you're single, like person came up to him and was like, I have six hours. Like, yeah. did I could do whatever I want? He's yeah. like, I know because I've been there before. Yeah, yeah. I have 30 minutes now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. And, and that's- It dwindles down. Exactly. It's like, it's like you have, le- you, in all aspects of your life, you have less and less time as you get older. Yes. You have less time to live yep. and you have less time to do things. Yep. Because you're now all of a sudden your, your schedule is all filled up. And this is also why- I think this is emphasized in the Bible. It's like singleness is okay. You do not need to be married. And a lot of people devote their time and they, and they, um, they, they commit to the whole idea of singleness because mm-hmm. that allows them to spend that extra time with God. Mm-hmm. Because when you are in a family, like how you're referencing before, mm-hmm. when you're, when you have a family, you have kids, you have to support your wife, you have these, these different obligations or whatever. Yeah. And that eats a bunch of your time, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing, but yeah. it, it definitely changes which you're able to commit your time to. Right. So going back into being alone and embracing being alone, mm-hmm. one of the things that I thought about a lot after mm-hmm. was after our first talk was when you said that you go to first watch alone, you've embraced mm-hmm. being alone. And, and that's something that kind of like became a routine for you. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I've struggled personally with a lot, which is, being okay with being alone mm-hmm. and and kind of embracing that time of I don't know if the right word is isolation, mm-hmm. but just not being with somebody else. Right. What's your question for that? So I guess my question is was was you being alone always something that you were okay with? Mm-hmm. Or was it kind of something that, that you learned how to do and what was that process in order to get to that point? Yeah, yeah. Um I think that the, the desire to do things alone stemmed from the desire to change the pattern of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so some things that I went through in high school, some actions that I might have made, you know, led me to feeling very empty. Uh, a lot of times it's about feeling a temporary satisfaction or pleasing someone else, um, just doing whatever I could um, so that I could be perceived in a, in a certain way, yep. a certain type of way, whatever way I desired. Yep. Uh, and it took a lot of effort to dive into myself, but I would say that in order to change the condition, you must change your heart, mm. uh, your posture, you know, the way that you think, the way that you feel uh, about certain things. Cause really it's all deeply rooted in your heart. Um, all of your actions, your thoughts, you know, they're driven and it's driven by your heart. So I think the ways that you feel um, in order to, get there, you have to fully understand yourself. And in order to fully understand yourself, you have to take time away and spend uh, alone, you know? So that's why I would go to First Watch, you know, often every day after church and, and spend time alone intentionally, because I think that when I'm alone intentionally with God, it's the most vulnerability that I have with him. Mm. You know, it's the most time that I have to um, understand maybe what I'm going through, you know, or or just more about myself and ways that I act, ways that I think. 
Um, but I think that trying to figure yourself out in groups of others, this is why I think it's, I think it's important to be alone because whenever you are alone, you have your own thoughts and your ideas. But mm. when it comes to being alone in faith, it's, it sometimes might be difficult because you don't have the perception of others. You know, when it comes to, like you said earlier, um, about a sermon, a, a certain topic, you, mm-hmm. know, you don't have other people's ideas. And so, um, whenever it comes to growing alone, you know, growing and figuring yourself out, I think it's important to be alone in that. Um, and the reason being is because when you're in groups of people mm-hmm. trying to figure yourself out by yourself, you're going to, you're going to, uh, your pattern is going to be formed by the groups of people. You're exactly. not, you're no longer going to be, they're not going to be formed by what they should have been had you been alone, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that once I got to a point where I was comfortable just as myself, I understood myself as a person, uh, and the true value that I can carry the true value that I hold, you yep. know, uh, through the image of Christ, obviously. But I said, I, that, that, that still doesn't make me perfect, but it definitely helps with my integrity and, and how I seek for happiness. You know, what brings me happiness? Mm-hmm. Um, because I understand what brings me happiness. I understand what, um, I think long-term, long-term happiness, you know, not temporary satisfaction. Yep. That's going to leave me feeling guilty. Um, you know, it's, it's that long longevity of it. So when, when I was in high school, and there's probably a lot of things that happened to me before that also led to this. But I remember there's one instance I was getting food with two of my friends. Mm. One of them that was at one point like my best friend. I grew up with a dude. Mm. And I don't know how we got into the topic, but essentially it was like, Nick, your people don't like like who you are. And mm. like they don't like um you, you annoy people. Mm. And I remember feeling so rejected. Mm. I remember feeling so out of place and I, I was just in a terrible spot. And I think that led to something I struggle with now mm-hmm. as well, which is like constantly seeking approval from other people. Mm-hmm. And, and if I am not getting that approval that I think I'm getting, it makes me feel less of myself. Mm. And this has been something that I've struggled with a lot. Yeah. And it's led to, it's led to a lot of things. Like, I mean, one of the things is like beyond doubt, like it, it, the brand is created because I'm I've struggled and I am struggling with it yeah. still right now. Yeah. And there, there were multiple times, dude. And, and honestly, you were an example of this. So I'm, t- I'm talking about how I go to fight, uh, fight night mm-hmm. and, and you just plug, you plug me in right away and you mm-hmm. were super supportive. And I'm like, this dude is so cool. Like I'm mm-hmm. so appreciative of everything that he's doing or whatever. Yeah. And then I remember like, I, 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 um, after, after a sermon or whatever, like I remember stepping on your shoe bags and I'm like, Oh my God, like, I feel so bad. I just stepped on this new shoe. I'm like, is he, is he not going to like me because of this? Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, um, but that's, that's my thought process is like, I feel like if I'm not perfect, I feel like if, if I don't do everything, it it just like, it's something that constantly goes through my head is like, am I good enough? Am I, am I okay? Is my authentic self, is that, is that good enough for other people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and friendships that that was one example of how that, that is included, but also with relationships, mm. I talked to my friend the other day and one thing that I, that I talked about was my previous relationship. So mm. I was with somebody for about four months. Right. Mm. Um, and every week I would think about new things that I could do in order to keep this person like, um, like engaged and keep yeah. this person like to continue to Satisfied. want exactly right. so i would come up with all these different like date nights i would do all these different things or whatever and i remember talking to him like is this like what i'm supposed to do like mm-hmm. i mean she ended up leaving so obviously whatever i was doing wasn't good enough but um is this what a relationship is where it's like i you constantly need to come up with different things because if you're not doing that mm-hmm. if you're not if you're not in coming you know what i'm saying like if you're not doing these different things in order to keep them engaged or whatever like are they just gonna leave and that's what i'm supposed to expect and he basically told me straight up he's like just be yourself Mm -hmm. and like be okay with who you are once again being okay with who you are right and if you're staying true to that like it doesn't matter people are supposed to be in your life yeah 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 which takes being true to who you are takes understanding who you are in the first place yes why it's just so much (laughs) yeah it's it's why it's so important to be alone and embrace being alone (laughs) there's so much power in it and like i said earlier there's it's too much negativity isn't it but i also Mm -hmm. think that in a relationship you're not going to have to try for that stuff i think if your heart is postured um, if your heart's postured right, and this isn't a knock to you at all, no. um, and honestly, just my opinion, but if you fully understand your value mm-hmm. and what you have you know, to hold and, and what you can give, 
you aren't going to have to sit and think about what you have to try to do um, in a relationship. You're automatically going to give it because you understand who you are as, as your person, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so I just think that I think there's a lot, there's too much pressure on relationships nowadays um, to be and do and act this certain way and be right all the time. Yep. Um, I don't think relationships are not as forgiving as they used to be. Mm. I think that we have to understand that we, not all of us are perfect. Um, but I think that that's, that's the power in having a relationship, um, with, with two believers is yep. because there, it is forgiving and you can be generous and it's okay if you make mistakes, you know, obviously there's negative sides of that where, you know, it can carry on and, and you end up, you know, in turmoil, but, mm. uh, you know, I just, there's, there's being alone and figuring yourself out needs to be. Uh, the very first step that you do uh, before you even start looking. Cause if you, I use, I use the analogy all the time. If, if you are building a house, for mm -hmm. example, you're not going to build your house out of stone or out of, out of, out of grass, right? You're going to build your house out of stone. And, and when I say stone, I'll, I'll take it in the concept of us as believers. You know, if I, if I am not fully rooted in myself, mm -hmm. I'm going to build a house out of sticks, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's like little red riding hood, you know, gonna the wolf's gonna blow your house down right if you if you you can't build if my house isn't built and this other person's house isn't built we can't build a house together mm. and so if i have a solid foundation and you have a solid foundation now we can start somewhere you know jesus being the center of that foundation right uh and then also just knowing and understanding ourselves. but um once I can get there and I fully understand myself and I have that Jesus center in my life and, and she or he, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. um, speaking for girl guy here, but, um, if, if, if they are centered and, and they have a, a solid foundation, now you can get somewhere now you can start, you know, because eventually if you don't start that way and you're not solid, eventually it's going to crumble. And that, that comes from the term be just being equally yoked. Yep. Just be equally yoked. You know, if you're centered in God the same way, if you have the same passion, if you love people or, or ha whatever may have it, um, you, you're equally yoked. You can, you can start something. You can build somewhere. Mike Todd in one of his sermons um, talked about, and I mean, I'm sure this is mentioned a lot of times, mm -hmm. is as, as, you're, as you're walking through in life and as you're walking through in Christ, mm -hmm. there's going to be people that will try to steer you pull you into different directions maybe yeah. someone's running to the left more someone's running to the right more right you're running straight right now right and it's so important to stay true to your path yeah. your personal path and what you're doing stay committed to that um and you will notice that as you continue on that path there's going to be people that are going to be running that same path with you yeah yeah and don't give in to the don't give into like one the temptations don't give into two um maybe someone like how you were saying equally yoked maybe mm -hmm. someone just isn't at the point that you are and isn't running in that direction that you are mm -hmm. and just staying true to that is so important mm -hmm. yeah um i think that just as that you can re relay that back to even being in the body of believers because mm -hmm. you've got people running in front of you who might be a couple seasons ahead of you mm -hmm. but they're they're on the same path as you you got mm -hmm. people behind you that are watching you and that's why it's important. That's that body of believers, whether you know it or not, you've got people watching you. And so I, that, that's powerful. That's so much power. power that's so power. That. And if, if for me, it's motivating enough to know that if I have people watching me, mm -hmm. then I better be on my A game. Yep. So that's why it's important to sit there and you figure out yourself first. Because if you figure out yourself first, now I can present myself rightfully in front of other people. Because if people are watching me and they're motivated by something that I might say or do, mm -hmm. like I said, I got to be on my A game, you know? Uh, Willie Robertson during our, um, during the sermon that we went to, he was talking about being a Jesus guy, a yeah. man of God. Yep. And he said, it's one thing to, to say you are a man of Christ, but it's a whole nother story to, to, do, it. to do it, to act it. Exactly. It. Yeah. And that's, what's so important. Like how you were just saying mm -hmm. is like, Hey, I want to be on my A game yeah, yeah. because someone might be, somebody might be watching and, and they might be in their infancy in Christ yeah. or yeah. they might not necessarily be following Christ right now, but they, they, maybe they look up to you and they're yeah. like, all right, well, Braden is on this. This is something that Braden has identified sure. with and that has made um, to be something that he just completely is, is with right now. And that, that this is something that he is establishing with himself. Sure. Like I want to pursue this now because I'm seeing that he's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, now you brought up something that I didn't even think of too. So, you're saying that when you're running forward with Christ, there's some, there's going to be some people that are ahead of you and some mm. people that are behind you. Um, how do you think? And once again, this is kind of just me thinking now, and I'm just asking a bunch of different questions. Yeah. How do you think someone that may be ahead of you, mm. like how, how could that work in order to like make sure that both of you are like 
um, following with your faith. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. That makes a lot of sense. I think that everything that we're doing in life, though, we're going to have somebody in front of us or behind us. Mm. So somebody who's in front of me is going to have somebody in front of them. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not up to me to make sure they're doing the right things, you know? And yeah. when I say in front of me, I mean like a couple of seasons ahead of me in life. Right. Um, you know, he's, he's been through maybe what I've been through or she or whatever. Um, if, if, if they are, I'm 20. So mm-hmm. if I got a 22 or 23 year old, who's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a season or two ahead of me, um, I'm going to, I might watch what he's doing, but guess what? It, it's not my responsibility, but he should be watching who's 26 and 27 years old. Who's two seasons ahead of him, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I think that, for us, it's our responsibility to disciple those behind us yes. and leave a legacy for those behind us. Mm. Um, but in every aspect of your life, you've got to have somebody that's ahead of you. Otherwise, you're going to sit and be stagnant. You're going to sit, you're going to go nowhere. You're going to feel complacent because if you don't have anybody to chase or to look forward to, then you don't have an, you don't have, you have no motivation. You have no true motivation. You know? Absolutely. One thing that he also mentioned and that came up or something I was struggling with, right? So, being a Jesus guy, being a man of Jesus, being a follower of Christ all the time, mm-hmm. being able to lead, just like you were saying, it's it's leading everybody. It's leading people that, that want in a relationship to people that are in different seasons behind you that, that want to pursue this, that want to continue in the path that you are going. Yeah. And then another thing that I would think of, so when you're talking about, hey, you're 20 right now, um, and you're you might be looking ahead at someone that is 22 mm-hmm. because they're in different seasons, but also we should note that age isn't the only season. Yeah. So you might be more mature um, religiously, re- um, more more mature with your relationship with Christ than someone that is older sure. than you. Yeah, sure. And and even though that you are technically younger, but you're in a, in a different season ahead just yeah. because of how much time and how much effort you put into your relationship, your yeah. own personal relationship. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I think that, I mean, in my life, age has been used against me a lot because mm. I'm a lot younger than most people think. And with the electrician uh, thing too? Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you're a baby. You know, mm-hmm. and that sucks. I hate hearing that because I know a lot more than you think uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to my job. But... um you know, that's a very, very good point. But I, I think that we can use our judgment as far as a, age will probably wasn't a good, good way to put it. Um, but it, it is sometimes it useful. Is, right. Definitely. I mean, I just did it. You know, <laughs> I just did it. But I think that, um, you know, we can, we can use our best judgment to be able to determine who's ahead of us, you know, who we should listen to and then who we may allow to follow us. Um, but I think even with that comment too, who we allow to follow us. We don't know who's following us all the time. You don't, you know? So I think that's even more so of a reason why we need to be on a game and there might be pressure in that, mm. but walking with Christ, it's never said anywhere. There's not going to be any pressure. You know, it's never said it's not going to be hard. So there's two examples that I want to use really quick. So going to, you don't know who might be listening, you know, you, yeah. you don't know who is actually looking or following you or not. Yeah. So, with a podcast, there's statistics that come out, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, this person and like people in this state, people in this age group are mm-hmm. listening. Mm-hmm. There was people across the country oh, wow. and they listened to every episode and I have no idea who they are. Wow. So Australia is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say England's one of them. I think France was one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's not just one episode and they don't listen anymore. And I know that because it's like the, the same demographic, uh, the same location, and all of a sudden, there's like six episodes I listen wow. to. Wow, wow! It's like I don't know who you guys are, but hopefully, like whatever we are saying is getting the point across, right. which is really cool. And then yeah, the yeah. second thing that I want to bring up too is, and I battle with this so much. Going back to the whole approval thing, seeking approval, like, am I bothering someone? Because once again, people that I thought were like really good friends of mine at one mm-hmm. point, like they did, they crushed me because like. Imagine your best friend telling you that you're annoying and like people yeah. don't like you. It's like, yeah. dang, that kind of hurts a little bit. Right. So I post these these videos now where I'm having these conversations mm-hmm. and, I, and I try to put them in like little little shorts on Instagram and stuff yeah. to just show people and like exposure, being being a man of God all the time versus right. only sometimes, right? Right. So I've been starting to do this and in one in the back of my mind, it's like, am I annoying people? Are people not gonna like me because I'm talking about God so much? Right. But then I get these DMs. From people mm-hmm. and I've had people tell me I never owned a Bible in my entire life but because you're posting about Bible verses and you're explaining them it makes me want to get a Bible wow. now wow. yes that's serious I've had people message me that I haven't talked to in years mm-hmm. and they're like thank you for, for posting this because wow. it's something I needed to hear or yeah. I just love everything they're posting right now and and I really appreciate yeah, it yeah. it's like you 
it's so hard to battle the enemy that's inside your head sometimes. You never know. Exactly. Telling you that, that you're, that you're a loser. You're wasting time. You're, you're, you shouldn't be doing these things, but it's like, but every time, not every time, but sometimes when we do this or whatever, like it resonates with people that you might not even know of going back to what you were saying. Yeah. I think for me, when I was, you know, even growing up, you Mm -hmm. know, teenager and, 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 um, but I guess I'm barely not a teenager, (laughs) but, but I guess in like high school and stuff after high school is a lot different, but I was always seeking for approval Yep. and I was always, you know, running after that. Oh, I wonder what they think. I wonder what this person thinks. And if I do this, what will they think? You know, Mm -hmm. but I think that that approval, when it all boils down to just that temporary satisfaction that I was talking about earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be, you're going to be happy or sad for maybe 10 minutes whenever you get through that approval. And if, if they do approve you, then you're going to go to the next. When you when you get that, you're going to constantly be seeking it. You're going to be seeking it. Yes, exactly. so you're going to seek approval for a bunch of other from a bunch of other people and things, and and you know, and then you're going to be empty at the yep. end of the day. Yep. Um, because the only approval that you need is from Jesus. Exactly. Right. Right. And so Grant, Grant, uh, Grant Patrick, right? Patrick or Patrick? Yep. What was was talking about this and this was the thing that I wanted to bring up with you. Mm-hmm. So I just gave you multiple stories about how I've constantly seeked approval sure. from, from other people. Sure. And I would at, I would use that in the past as my identity. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, if this person likes me, then I'm doing something good. And sure. if this person doesn't like me or rejects me, then I'm not a good person or I'm, I'm not, I'm not good or I'm not good enough. I'm right. a loser. Right. So uh, something I've been praying about every single day has been God, like, the only approval that I need is from you. Yeah. Like, please just let me understand that. Let me, let me be, let me put you first in my life. Like, I don't want to put somebody else first. I don't want to put, I don't want to put my, my work or, or my occupation or relationship first ab- above you. I want to keep you first and leave it that way. Yeah. Cause that's something that I've always struggled yeah. with is like, Hey, I might be on the spur where like I am following God and I am growing and I, and I'm so happy doing it. And then something comes into my life and it's like, I forget what is most important. Mm. It has happened to me before. Mm. And Grant said, if there's anyone out there seeking approval and feeling like they need the approval of others, remember the only person you need approval and love from is Jesus. And once he said that, dude, I shot down, started bawling, started sobbing. Like it was my, my whole like lip was like quivering and stuff. (laughs) It was, it was so powerful because it was like, this is literally what has been killing me lately. Yeah. And, and I I was just, I was on the phone with my friend a couple of days ago and we were talking about this and. I know that I'm one of thousands of people that were in that sermon or that they were listening to that sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just crazy. Just another example of when, when you, when you go to church, sometimes it really truly feels like the the pastor, the person that is, that's talking and speaking right to you. Mm-hmm. And I, and I hope other people also got that feeling as well, because mm-hmm. yeah. there's just so much power in that. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. To end on, oh, to, to bounce off of that. Mm-hmm. He also said to um, distraction moves toward uh, devotion through the action of discipline. And so I think that once you discover like, Oh man, this distract, like this is distracting me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is distracting me from my daily walk. Uh, for being a Jesus person, you know, mm-hmm. from from being able to display light to other people. Uh, once you are able to figure out you know, the cause of that, the root of it, uh, now you have to move towards devotion and devoting your time and spending time with him intentionally. Um, but you do that through the action of discipline. So mm-hmm. once you figure out what's wrong, you got to understand where there's it, where they is their problem. There is a solution. Okay. You know, so once you figure out the problem, the action through discipline, you figure out the solution, right? So let's backtrack again to that whole fight night mm-hmm. um, day because honestly, I think a lot of came about that, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this part two with you was because I think there's a lot of different things that can be spoken about. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we mentioned was we had someone that you kind of met for the first time, not met for the first time. His mm-hmm. name is Hunter. Yeah. He came in now. I mean, he's going to church with me, and and it all came from someone you welcoming in someone new you sense that sure how would you recommend someone like that is new that is coming into the church how do they get planted into that church yeah um for me i mean for me coming to a passion's a ginormous church they got three locations in atlanta and yep. a, a location in dc mm-hmm. for me you know i came from a church where we had you know it was a it was a decent sized church i mean we had two gatherings i think it was maybe 1200 people total 
now at passion we have 1200 people at the main location per service per gathering um so it is intimidating you know but for me it was just about like i said way earlier on the podcast it's about finding the right people mm. and what i mean by that by that is I think we use our best judgment and figure out who's important in the room. You know, for passions, people who have the stickers on, that say door holder. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that I've been to the church, you know, that they probably know a thing or two. And so for me, it was, I, f I found a couple of them. It was like, Hey, I want to serve in students. How do I, how do I do that? You know, mm -hmm. the students was one of the only things I knew in church. Cause that's what I did back home. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was like, how do, how do I do that? And then they get connected. They get me connected, um, to other people. And then I, now I find myself and welcome to church and, then a month later, I'm, I'm leading students. But I would say getting plugged into a church, the easiest way to do it is to show up to every single event that there is possible. With passion, it's nice. It's easy because they have a lot of events going. They, they just posted last week, the, mo the, the month of February, every event that they have. They've got Bloom. They've got Night to Shine. Core uh, class is coming up. Yeah, core class. They have uh, they have a YA collective night. They mm. have Five Alive. You know, they have a lot of stuff going on. So for me, being in a big city, it's about showing up. That's okay. a lot of a lot of the time. That's what our faith is about is just showing up. Yep. I think a lot of people, even like on a Sunday, you know, it was, it was um, a few months ago. You know, I caught myself not wanting to go maybe a Sunday or two in a row. And it's like, dang, like I don't really want to go. But then I showed up and because I literally forced myself out of bed, like get up, go, you need to be there. And it was, they, they are some of the best times of your life yep. when, when you just show up, even when you don't want to. Um, so like I said, just, just showing up because when you show up to those events, people start to learn your name, yep. right? You start to meet new people. It's new relationships, new connections. Um, after a while, they'll start re remembering, like I said, they'll start remembering your name. And then eventually it turns into, Hey bro, like I, I missed you tonight. I, I saw you weren't there yeah. or, or, or missed you today or something like that. Um, and then that's a really good feeling. And it, it quickly turns into, you know, or I would say quickly, it takes a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Um, but with effort, uh, it, it turns in from, from being intimidating to being welcoming to, mm. wow, this feels like family. Mm. I feel like I belong here, you know? So I would, like I said, just say, get yourself plugged in, show up, just show up and talk to as many people as you can. It's very intimidating. And I realize for someone like myself, it's a little bit easier because I love talking to people. Right. But for people who might be introverted uh, and, and are shy, you know, the thing about Jesus and, and the body of believers being in a church People aren't going to judge you. Yeah. I mean, especially where we're at in passion. Like I said, the culture is to meet people and to introduce yourself to, to other people and, and, and through friends and friends of friends of friends. And you just get, you, you meet so many people, you get so many connections and, and it's through connecting yourself, um, pushing yourself in there. And then going back to the whole identity thing, you mentioned something which was, it, it's a cool feeling when you go into these things or when you miss the thing and it's like, Hey, like I missed you that one yeah. day yeah. you just like prove that you are slowly but surely identifying yourself as a man of Jesus to yeah. other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. by, by you, we, we talked about this in the last episode. So you being an electrician, like you just having, um, having worship music on led to a conversation with somebody else sure. about God, yeah. um, being a Jesus man. Yeah. And then you plugging yourself in and you having these, these, um, or just presenting yourself and being disciplined mm -hmm. enough to go to these different things. Yeah people are realizing, Hey, Braden, Braden is with passion. Like Brad, this is something that he associates yeah, with. And like yeah. you are associating yourself with something that's like, honestly, the most important thing that we could possibly associate ourselves yeah, yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. And I just uh, think it's really cool. Yeah, dude. I, I appreciate that. And definitely. Like I said, it's intimidating at first. It's really hard to just jump into a new place uh, where you don't know anybody. Like I said, through time and, and effort, it takes effort. If you aren't going to put in effort, mm. I wouldn't say that God's not there because he's 100% there. But if you're not putting an effort, he's not going to put an effort either. No. If you're just sitting and you're stagnant, he's going to let you be stagnant. Yep. You know, uh, he's going to wait for you to come. Eventually in. you'll spark and yep. he's going to be, he's going to say, I know I've been here the whole time. I told you so. Yep. Um, and then you're going to be like, dang, I'm stupid for waiting this long. And then you feel bad. But it, once again, it's like, no, but I'm love. So like, yeah, Hey, like, yeah. yeah, like I, I'm here with you now. That's what's most important is that you're here now and you're at this point now. Yeah, yeah. I think that, um, us as humans, we, we naturally have the feeling to be desired. We mm. want to be desired. That is a natural thing that we have. Mm. Uh, I, I don't think there's any other way to be desired that's better than being desired by your follower, other followers of Jesus. Because uh, that's that's your family. Mm. You know, that's your people who aren't going to judge you, you know, who are going to give you advice, you know, maybe be accountable for you or I'll help you be accountable. Um, I think that's, that's great, dude. That's so awesome. And one other thing that I was thinking about because this was a conversation that I had with someone before 
or that someone talked about before. So the whole thing about going into a new church and playing yourself in now, I got very lucky mm -hmm. because when I moved to Atlanta, mm -hmm. I didn't know anybody. Mm -hmm. I knew my sister and her husband. They live in Smyrna, which is like on the west, like on the west outskirts of, of the Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. um, so there's there's really like no like. There, there's not a lot of opportunity to to meet people yeah. and like even the gym, for example, like I went to a gym that was like 40, 45 minutes away from where they live. Mm -hmm. And that was like the closest one that I could think of. That was something that like I would want to join. Right. Yeah. So I got very lucky with the sense of passion because my friend who I went to the university of Kentucky with, um, when I mentioned that I was moving here, he just brought up the name passion. I never heard of passion. Mm -hmm. I could have went anywhere else. I could have went to, um, cause I was raised a Catholic. I could have went to a Catholic church yeah. and that might not resonated with me. Right. Or there's a, a bunch of different churches. And honestly, Atlanta's really lucky that we, uh, I feel like Atlanta's a, a city that's very strong in their faith. Definitely. Um, so there are a lot of good, um, opportunities for people to, to find a church that mm -hmm. resonates with them. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I remember having, or that I heard before was, someone brought up like, oh, you should go to a church or whatever. It's like, oh, well, I need to find one that I resonate with. Mm -hmm. And then someone responded to that with, well, what matters most is you're getting the proper, like, um, the proper results of the sermon that, that what you're hearing is, is true to the Bible. And like, that is super important. And like, you need to find a pastor yeah. and that's what it shouldn't necessarily be what you resonate with, it should be with the pastor that you're, that you're listening to because yeah. they're going to give you the proper like, um, um, information that you need to hear. Right. And I just want to get your opinion on that uh -huh. and, and what your thoughts are on that. As far as, um, getting into the right church yeah, you know, on what church, I think that, um, it's either you go to a big church or you go to a church where you feel the most welcomed. Mm. Um, but, I think that in at, at any church, you're not just going to feel welcome when you walk into a brand new church. You're going to you're going to feel out of place, you know, because you've never been there before. You don't yeah. know people. Um, but like I said earlier, through time, you're you're going to be welcomed. You know, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself with familiar faces. People are going to notice you. People are going to understand you are as who you are as a person. Um, but I think that it, it obviously is way more important to be involved at a church that is going to resonate with you more. Mm -hmm. uh, because if it's not, then you're just wasting your time. I mean, you're not, if, if things aren't resonating with you, if the topics aren't hitting you yep. or, or if you're like, Oh, I, I hate the way this dude talks. Mm. Or if you're like, Oh, I just don't like the people here. I mean, that's, that's obviously way more important because that's, that's your well being. Exactly. You know, that's, that's if you don't feel welcomed in a place and, and the people around you are, uh, you don't feel that they're welcomed. It's unfortunate because there are churches like that. Mm. Uh, there are churches where they don't really welcome you. You know, they treat you like an outsider. Um, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But, I will say that it's not nowhere you're going to go and, and be brand new and feel welcomed. Um, so yeah, I think it's super important, um, to be in a church that is going to resonate with you more than just to be at a church with a bunch of people. And going back to what you said, two different things, one, plug yourself in yeah. because that's going to make you feel welcomed. Yeah. And then the second thing, and this is something you talked about before was, and I was just thinking about this, um, was at the end of the day, don't forget to read your Bible because mm -hmm. you can hear these different interpretations from other people. What yep. is also important is reading it yourself, which is something that you definitely emphasized before. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then you said like, no, like this is something that you should. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that even too, like when you hear a piece of scripture during the sermon, mm -hmm. I mean, you could go to that, that piece of scripture in your book, in your Bible, and you could, you could read the, the first two or three before it and the last two or three after it. And you could get a lot more than just that one that was that was picked out of it. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll even leave a sticky note mm. and I'll place it. You know, sometimes that's Acts. I've been really convicted to go through the book of Acts. Lately. Really? And and because it's it's been a, a lot recently where every preacher I've listened to, they talk about something in Acts. And I'm like, all right, it looks like we're going through Acts, you know. Um, so I put a sticky note there and mm. I'll go back later on and I'll read it and, and go through it, the entire book for a month. Um, but it's, yeah, man, I mean, it's, I forgot what your question was. Well, I don't even remember it anymore either. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually going through Luke right now, which is really cool because once again, Graham was talking about something I just read. Yeah. So when he said like, I, we're going to talk about uh, uh, what was in Mary and Martha. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a second. I just, I literally just read about this a few days ago. So yeah. I was like, oh, this so is something. So it resonated that, with yes, you more exactly. because you dove into it and read yes. it. That's great. Yes. That's really good. It was so cool too, because he was talking about this, this story. And, um, I mean, I have a study Bible, um, mm -hmm. so I have, I have the every man's Bible. And, mm -hmm. uh, if I don't understand something, most times it's a little blurry. 
people are on the bottom and it's like, hey, this is yeah. what they're talking yep, about. Yep, yep. And I'm like, oh, I bet this and is it, cool. And it can reference to a lot of the cool things about study Bibles. They'll reference other parts of the book. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, re- they'll reference, um, you know, the Old Testament with the New Testament. You could say, oh, wow, there's a correlation here. This is a completely different period of time, but it's the same exact thing. Uh, no, that's that's really cool. It was really cool, dude. It was really cool. And if you don't have a, a study Bible, I'd recommend getting it because they're super cool. They they're have, awesome. They maps and stuff in it. Yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. That's great. In the, in the, the front the back of oh wait see i have two okay yeah. so i i start with the 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 big print every man's bible yeah. Yeah. and this is the the new international version okay. but then i went to barnes and noble the other day <laughs> and uh I, I saw that they had another one mm-hmm. and it was the it was not the niv it was the the new living translation okay the yeah. NLT, and it was a little smaller one and uh i actually i actually like using that one a lot too because yeah. i feel like i could bring it around a mm-hmm. lot better you mentioned a topic earlier about being a man of God. Yeah. And I think that's a good topic to jump into. Uh, okay. Well, just to jump on real quick for a second. I think that being a man of God, you're going to want to serve a lot more. Mm. It's not being served. It's it's wanting to serve. Yes. Um, and so I, a, a quick... Um, just example of that. I'm in a well. I'm in a. I'm in a couple different men's group. One of them, they're all like 25, 26, 27. So right. they're much older than me. But we go to. We have a couple of lake retreats that we go to, and um, I've been to. We don't do it all the time. It's just mm-hmm. like once a quarter or once a semester. We did it. Um, this past one that we went to, one of the guys in the group got everybody. It's almost twenty of us. Got everybody a study Bible. I've never owned a study Bible. He really? Everybody in the group a study Bible. I think that that is an act of service yes. of a godly man. I think that's what it's like to be a godly man. He wanted his brothers around him to understand the Bible more and to be in their Bible. And like I said, I never had a, a, a study Bible before. For all he knew, he could know that I don't even have a Bible at all. But that didn't matter to him because he was serving. You feel me? So I, I think it's, number one, super important to get a study Bible, but also to serve others. Brayden, round two. Dude, thank you so much for being on. I really do appreciate it. Definitely. I feel like this one was more of a Nick has a bunch of questions that he yeah, wants yeah. the answer to, and yeah. Brayden has all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have all the answers, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, I sometimes I feel like I, you know, I'm like, dang, that's a stupid idea. Um, but other times, you know, I might say something, and and it really resonates with people. Uh, so I appreciate your feedback. Honestly, um, lets me know that I, you know, I'm, I'm in the right, you know, footpath. I'm yeah. in the right way. Um, but obviously, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a, I'm not a Bible. I'm not the way of life, you know? So what I say, please take it and, and use it to your own perception. Cause like I said, that, that, that power, that body believers, that's the perception, you know, and I'm just one perception. So, and going to that whole point is like, there's other ways in ministry besides just being a pastor though. Yeah. Um, and just understanding yourself and preparing yourself. I, I once again listened to a past sermon and they were talking about this was like the the most important thing about like talking about Jesus, like knowing how to talk about Jesus, yeah. like reading the Bible to be able to talk about Jesus. Yeah. So it's just having that. And I, I almost think of it as like tools, like having these tools in the back of your mind, because like I read the scripture yeah. and I, I'm able to talk about these things yeah. and I'm able to be a resource for, for people because of my knowledge, because I took the time in to, yeah. to learn all these different things. Yeah. 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 Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Dope.